0: Welcome back to The Lockout guys, it's our first episode heading into Bahrain and we've got a special guest this week, we've got Kieran Brodnick, I said that right didn't
1: I? You said it right, yeah, good practice before the session. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Welcome mate. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. You're a 22 year old?
1: 23 now. 23, just the other day.
0: Recently, Yeah. nice. Uh, Crater on TikTok? Yes. Known for your skits? About Formula One and other sports. Yeah. Is that a fair correct. enough description?
1: Yeah, I do a lot of running. I um it's my main form of exercise. So yeah, keep fit doing that. And um I'm actually a mathematician statistician as well. Um that's okay. my main profession. But yeah, I started doing TikTok creation during my last year of uni. So um yeah, here I the am. The mathematician
0: now. stuff just got way too easy. You're just like <laughs> oh, I someone else's. No, I wish tracking. I could
1: say that. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly did the TikTok stuff to sort of take a bit of a break from that because it was pretty stressful. But yeah, pretty happy where I am now. And like, honestly, just happy that my parents see it as a job now and something that could potentially be something for my future. And yeah, I really enjoy what I do. And yeah. Has That's your true.
2: has your background in maths helped you crack that TikTok algorithm? Honestly,
1: <laughs> not cracking the algorithm, but just like focusing on analytics and trends and knowing what's working picking up on the little things here and there that maybe make the difference like even just lighting and sound differences make all the difference and I found that like for example if I record in a certain part of the forest out the side of my house videos won't do as well so really yeah just like picking up on like little areas of where I live might make a better video and Yeah, I think mathematics and that have helped in that sense, which is pretty interesting. Like you wouldn't think that would have any correlation at all, but Mm. it definitely does. That's awesome.
0: At the lockout, we're pretty well known for being TikTok algorithm geniuses as well. (laughs) I wouldn't quite call myself a mathematician, but we do pretty well. Yeah. And TikTok, (laughs) that's sort of our main jam.
1: Yeah, well, you've got to pick on that stuff to um, develop as a group, I think. So if you're all over that, yeah, you're going to be sweet.
0: Yeah, this could be a dangerous partnership (laughs) here. Watch out, TikTok. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, watch your (laughs) space.
3: Yeah
0: um i had to flick through some of your videos today mm. and i'd say my favorite part is just how you link like f1 and other sports are just the weirdest shit like <laughs> linking ballroom dancing to f1 okay. that was a good
1: one that was honestly my favorite one and honestly towards the end of the season i was like oh i don't want to be running up this path again you know like i've done it so many times and the i think the ballroom was,
0: dancing one or the, yeah the yeah. ballroom
1: dancing one i think i was like I don't, a lot happened in the race, but I'm like, oh, this deserves so much more than just the classic, you know, mm. reenacting the race. So I was actually watching with a mate, and we had a few different ideas for yeah. that video. I had like a classroom idea, and I was going to have group projects being assigned to duos. And then, like, you know, you've got, I can't remember exactly that episode who it was, but I think it was Norris and Leclerc having the battles, maybe but like putting them in little groups to do their assignments in and they don't want to work together and they're all aggressive at each other. But took the angle of the dancing and I think it turned out really well. And Yeah, it did. Yeah, normally <laughs> I've just got a tripod and like very stagnant angles, but I had like my mate to get more like um, – dynamic shots so yeah. it was pretty well, there was interesting a, like then. the
0: max and lewis one where yeah, they're they boring like- dancing together <laughs> and then i think lewis like corners max <laughs> right at the edge of your like balcony yeah and then max is like tiptoeing on the edge of the balcony just pushes him off yeah. the edge that was great
1: yeah that took probably four or five shots so i had a pretty sore back by the end of that one but yeah, yeah. <laughs> got it done
0: and uh the one i do want to get you to do on the pod mm. is um if f1 cars were real Oh. you do a noise oh it's like God. the sound of their fun cars Seriously? I'd love to hear it on the pod <laughs> right now yeah go on <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll sound clip that and put that in the intro I'm not of even our kidding. like
1: when I do that I make sure my neighbours are inside I'll like go up to the fence and make sure all their blinds are shut before <laughs> I do it and if, if they're home I won't do it I'll wait a few hours until they go to the groceries <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: i love it yeah it's um tiktok creating these days can get quite cringy yeah you know but you just gotta suck it up
1: i do see it sometimes it's pretty cringe but you know my mates keep me in line when it's a bit too cringe i'm like yeah fair enough i'll do that next time
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah for sure um and formula one have you been a fan for a while now or
1: yeah so i'd say last three years i've been a fan like most of the fans these days got into it with drive to survive but i um definitely take it more serious i'd say i like like looking into the technical side of it and learning all the tracks and even just playing the game with a mate and i bought myself a sim rig so um play on that and just like yeah learning the ins and outs of you know you've got all the differences with the wings and what what adjusting them makes and and different tire compounds what happens on different tracks different weather tire attempts stuff like that and yeah i do take it more serious i'd say which um I do for most of my hobbies, but yeah. yeah. Nice. Last few
2: a
0: years. Serious F1 fan, I like it. Yeah. I can see yeah.
2: you uh, got a George Russell hoodie on. That's it, yeah. That if leads you, me to believe you're a Mercedes man?
1: Oh, you know, I, I like most teams, to be honest. Like, it's pretty hard to pick. Um, I did start off a McLaren fan because of Danny Rick. Like, yeah. you've got to support your boy. But yeah. last year. Bit tough there, a and she's looking a bit rough as well. Everyone's so. giving
0: up on the Aussies, man. Yeah. I'm the only McLaren uh, fan here this season.
1: Oh, well, well, you've got a friend now. Because yeah, <laughs> you got to have hope. You got to have hope. You do. Yeah. Yeah. Whilst it's
0: not looking very hopeful after testing, is it? Yeah. But um, yeah, we hope for the best. <laughs> um, but Ale is a loves the technical side as well, so I think you guys will get along. Sounds good.
2: Yeah, <laughs> testing was a was a wild ride. Mm. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it was, and. As we all know, we love all the predictions that come out of testing. Did you guys tune into testing at all? Did you watch any of the um, program on care?
2: Yeah, I caught I caught bits and pieces um, throughout the weekend uh, when when I could and when I wasn't asleep. Um, from from the very first session, there was just like so much to absorb, so much to take in. So many different teams running different setups. You know, high downforce, low downforce wings, different nose cones. Everyone had their paint out, checking their, you know, how their arrow was working. Yeah, that's actually something that I only
0: just learned how that works, and it's such a basic concept. But like putting the paint on the car, and then as it's drying, the airflow yeah. sort of
2: the sprays up. Guides the paint. Yeah. yeah,
0: which is interesting. I didn't know how that worked until I saw a post the other day.
2: It's pretty sick, yeah. It's cool. It was um. The biggest sticking point for me was just how clean the lines were on that Red Bull compared to everyone else. Like that Red Bull, you had like clear, distinct lines from the front of the car pretty much all the way to the rear. And it's just like, yeah, of the paint. And then you look at the Mercedes and it's like someone's just like thrown a can of paint on the side of that (laughs) thing. Um,
1: Yeah, it was pretty cursed what they were doing in the cars there. I thought like you shouldn't be doing that. But yeah, yeah, it was pretty interesting to see what they're done with the cars and just like how the teams have conformed to certain designs like um ferrari's um side pods like how they've got that really fat looking car Mm. and you've got the teams that are really conforming to that like alpine like pretty aggressively copied them there and like they've got a really fat car now and trying to you know uh, reap some of the rewards from that design but then you've got mercedes that like Doing their complete own thing, and they've got this super yeah, thing just car like things. last year when they yeah. came
0: in, their whole car looked completely different. Everyone else, be pretty and interesting also so. Aston Martin, uh, they whilst their livery looks identical, pretty much, other than the slight color change, colour change yeah. they completely revamped their car. I think out of all the cars, are one of the most, um, they, different, they've yeah. changed the most things on their car, like <laughs> it looks completely different. I think they've copied, not copied because they're not allowed to, uh, <laughs> legally, but. Definitely They've taken inspiration. Taken some inspiration from Red Bull. Yeah, yeah. very for close sure. to the Red Which Bull. Which,
2: like, you know, why wouldn't you, right? It's a winning formula and I think over the course of the season, even from the end of last year to the start of this year, you'll see the teams get more and more similar yeah. as, mm-hmm. as the season goes on um, just because, you know, they're figuring out the regs. They're yeah. figuring it's out… It's a natural progression. Yeah. Right? yeah. Eventually, they'll all sort of like get on the same sort of path and whoever does it best will win but… Um, Based on testing, it just looks like there's one clear winner for me yeah. yeah. and it's not good. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> Yeah. and I've got a chart here. It's basically all the major F1 journalists. Mm-hmm. Um, so Albert Fabrega, Will Buxton, Total Motorsport, The Race, GP Blog, Ted Kravitz and Lawrence Barreto, all giving their sort of one to end of the grid, um, sorry, their top to end of the grid uh, predictions. For teams? For teams. Cool. And every single one of them has put Red Bull at number one, I think. That's no, There's no doubt to that. Yeah. Um, they had a winning formula last year with the car. They've only added to that with their performance, it looks like. Yeah. Uh, they haven't changed anything dramatically, whereas other teams are still sort of in that trying out different things phase. So they're sort of on the back foot yeah. a bit.
2: With with or without the penalty that they received and the restricted wind tunnel testing time, they, they had the least to do from one season to another. They smashed it out of the park last year and it's kind of just – finding little bits and pieces that they can improve on mm.
1: yeah and when you've got the time to look for the little things like yeah that's when you get it i feel like you get a team that's going to be super dominant because the other teams are still focusing on the big things you know the the big things that need to be changed to get to their level whereas red bull they're already there and they're just adding Fun little, tuning, just, tweaking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah it is a bit of a shame i think because at the end of last year especially like you see mercedes improving so much and ferrari's right there and it's like well next year is going to be so sick and then you get to next year and it's like, oh, Red Bull's even better
0: than yeah. Red yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Are there any um surprise picks for from some of those? Uh, yeah,
0: so we'll go through it. So interestingly, everyone also selected Ferrari as number two, which I think is also fair because Mercedes weren't necessarily there, like you're saying, with the whole paint situation yeah. and they were just not as consistent as I think people thought.
2: I also think... They didn't get it right last year and purely based on budget, they couldn't revamp their whole car. So they've kind of had to like eat it for another year and and see what they can do with it.
0: Yeah. For me, the interesting one is Aston Martin by Country Mile, I think. Um, I made a prediction on the pod last year. I'm going to call this out (laughs) now. So we'll have to go back and check it out. But we're making predictions for this season. I said Aston Martin are going to come through and put in a good year. And fingers crossed, basically GP blog... Oh, no. Ted Kravitz, The Race, Total Motorsport, Will Buxton and Albert have all put Aston Martin ahead of Mercedes.
2: That's huge. That's huge. That's like they were almost bottom of the barrel last year. Literally bottom of the barrel (laughs) ever since they came in really, yeah. um,
0: Mm.
1: That Red Bull shape of the car. (laughs) Maybe they just think that's going to be the game changer. They're fully like conform to their design but I can't yeah. I can't really see that happening and let's yeah. just over the course of the year you know they they make big improvements but normally Mercedes is one to make the big improvements over the year definitely like they have such a good team working on that car like I don't I, yeah can't really see that happening but it'd be cool to see you know what someone like Alonso can do in the car and then you have got Drugovic coming through like I, I really yeah. hope he gets the race Yeah,
0: that's an interesting storyline to start the year for Aston Martin because a lot of people, I think, would agree that Dragovic is almost the person that deserves that seat over
2: Lance. Well, I mean, if you look at his resume, yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
0: if you look at the resume and take away the money factor, Dragovic probably deserves it more. So I hope he puts in a good result while Stroll is away because it is confirmed that he is driving on the weekend.
2: Uh, If Lance can't do it.
0: Yeah, but I think it's confirmed that he's not.
2: He's like out, out.
0: I think. I'm going to say, I'm not going to say that with entire conviction because <laughs> we have been wrong before, but that's what I've heard that it, he's definitely racing.
2: It wouldn't be the first time that a reserve driver has started the season. Last year, Seb was out with COVID. True. At the start. And we yeah. had um the Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> the Hulk coming back again. He's like John Farnham, that bloke, honestly. <laughs> and um, how do you see him in a Haas this year going? Oh, man, like, I don't know. Nothing about the Haas team is inspiring for me. Really? Um, Not they've... even their
0: three-seater pit wall?
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, fair play to them for doing that. It's a big penny penny saver and they can put more money into the car.
0: Yeah, I think they saved like 250 grand per race, uh, per race yeah. in shipping costs. Which is Seriously? insane. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Over, t- three over 23 seats, races. Yeah. Unreal. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. good.
2: It's a, lot, it's a lot more money to put into the car, which is good. Um, they've got... Yeah, they've got seasoned drivers. But at the same time, those drivers have hit their ceiling. They're, you know.
1: The thing that excites me about Magnuson though, is just, like, you got this bloke that is pretty much out of it. Yeah. And, like, he's got nothing to lose now. You know, he drives like he's got nothing to lose. and yeah. He's got
0: everything to lose. He's got a kid now. Oh, <laughs> so, <laughs> there you go. Uh, in terms of, but in yeah, terms of the get, sport, yeah, right,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. In terms of like his seat and the rest of his career, like I think he probably thought it was over. So to come back and mm-hmm. sort of be like, oh, I'm just going to enjoy it. You really see like a driver that's enjoying himself out there. I feel like no, no, like restraint, really mm-hmm. going for it. So I think yeah. he does get good, you know, good work out of that car, but only as much yeah. as you can do, really.
0: Yeah. I think uh, I've I've seen a couple of people calling Haas and uh, Hulk so an underdog for this year, um, which I think is interesting. I think he's experienced. It depends on the attitude he brings um, to the team. Like if he comes in and is really hungry, I think he can get some decent points positions. Hmm. Um, and Haas is looking better than they did last year. I do definitely. like definitely even their livery. I think looks a bit better. Heaps mm. better. They got Williams a new title sponsor good too. Yep. Well, Williams uh, is not on the back foot for some people. Will Buxton, Total Motorsport and Lawrence Barreto have put them second last to McLaren and AlphaTauri. So Fair. Total Motorsport's has put AlphaTauri last. Buxton's put McLaren last and Barreto's put McLaren last. And I don't know if you guys saw, but Norris got out of the car, I think, on the last day of testing. And, and punched the wall. Punched the wall <laughs> in anger. <laughs> Uh, because that car hasn't been, well, wasn't doing as well as he would have hoped. It's
2: not great.
1: Yeah. And I, I think they spent a lot of time like in the garage and working on like even the wheel brows, like mm. something that just has not much relevance to their pace. And so, I well, think the, the wheel yeah.
0: borrows were just falling apart. Yeah. yeah and so and like, they had the,
1: to. Like exactly. when you're spending so much time trying to get that fixed, you're like not really um, being able to work on optimizing the car for the sure. next weekend so yeah, like sure. it's pretty hard to say that it's going to be last when they could barely spend the time yeah. really refining it
0: yeah and look as we all know testing is a good indication but it's never a 100 percent guaranteed yeah. indication take, because-
2: take the times with a grain of salt but what really sticks out to me is how many laps or how much time on track the teams can punch out yeah because that shows consistency right
0: There was generally a lot of um, laps completed this year compared to other years, which is good So I guess it was great conditions and the cars were looking pretty reliable most of the time.
2: It's like some teams had some breakdowns and bits falling off and failures here and there. Um, But, yeah, the teams that stood out to me consistency-wise, Ferrari was up there. I think they had completed the second most laps out of anyone. Um, And then on the opposite end, yeah, your McLarens were like bottom of the barrel, had the least amount of laps put in. Mm. Least amount of time on track and yeah, I mm. don't, I don't see it being good for them this year. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm really excited for Alfa Romeo this year though. Like, yeah, they they're looking real really good. And you yeah. got Bottas with the mullet now. Yeah. Like oh, He's going to be unstoppable. He's, he's like, pretty much an Aussie see. now. Oh, his incredible. character <laughs>
2: development since leaving like the clutches of Mercedes. Yeah. He just gets man. better and better every yeah. year. Right. 100%. Just more and more of his personalities coming out.
1: Well, he actually, he's down in Wollongong a fair bit, Bottas. He loves mm. Australia, yeah, yeah. He was
0: here over Christmas with his wife. That's when he got the full mullet done mm. um, and he got the VB, like, stickers yeah. and everything. Oh, that's was, unreal, yeah. yeah. it was great.
1: I remember seeing, like, photos of the drivers in their off-season and they're all on, like, you know, yachts and, like, enjoying yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the great life and then Bottas is at the pub with a pub feed. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> The man is a true blue Aussie. He loves to exercise. He loves his bike riding. A lot yeah. of Aussies like that. And he loves a mullet, which is obviously he loves beer and he loves a pub. So he, he fits right in. A yeah. Australia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um So, yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting to see where Alpine, Alfa Romeo, Haas, Alfa Tauri, McLaren end up, you know, in that mix because it's a bit of a mixed bag at the moment in terms of pace. Um, just like last year, that was sort of – what ended up happening, the front was, you know, Red Bull ran away with it and then it yeah. was all about the midfield. So it might be similar to last year, but um hopefully up the front they can keep it a bit closer. Hopefully.
2: We can only hope. I don't want to repeat of last year where the season's done There's like three or four races to go. Yeah. And we're sitting here on this on this couch going, Oh, who do you think's gonna win? Yeah, it was just it's like it doesn't every really
0: week it was tears for Ferrari. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um look, Ferrari got a new technical technical director.
3: Box R-A box, Box Welcome, Kat. Hello. I'm so happy to be back. Yeah?
0: Yeah. Perfect time. We're about to talk about Dry to Survive and you're a bit of a Dry to Survive queen.
3: Well, you know what? I haven't really watched much of it yet i've heard you've watched a bit twitter i've watched a couple apps i've watched um three apps i think so far yeah i'm pretty devo because literally the second episode or the first episode whatever it was was lewis and i was just like okay cool ruined my <laughs> life again like i've i didn't i wasn't mentally prepared for that like the what, first to see
0: lewis or to hear about lewis what like just
3: the whole whole season
0: to be reminded to be reminded of
3: last, of year. last year it was just painful well, wasn't that bad it was pretty bad Really? Yeah. The
0: start of it was for Lewis, but Well,
3: yeah, that's where I'm up to right now. Like it was it's uh, literally okay. just the first part of the season. Yeah. And the first scene, like the opening scene of the whole season was Abu Dhabi 21. So Yes. which yeah. was probably the worst time PTSD. of his entire
0: life, yeah. And obviously the one I haven't actually watched it yet. I'm planning on watching it. I was thinking about watching it one episode every week leading up to every race and then I realized that Drive survivors and like that. It's all over the place. Like they'll go from Bahrain to like yeah. Brazil or, mm. you know. There's
3: just like, no, there's no chronological order. I think with this season, people have been saying. It's, every so season it's is all like over that. The place. It, is,
0: it is a bit all over the place and, um, yeah, I think that's just the way they do it. They do it on storylines.
1: Yeah, it's more just based on the driver and their story from the year. So yeah, it's, it's like an episode sort of mm.
0: per team or per person. Yeah.
1: yeah. I'm a bit worried to watch it, to be honest, just because of Danny Ricardo's episode. I, I don't want to see my boy... Getting yeah. exploited. Yeah, well, they actually
0: roasted him with the name of his no. episode, Nice <laughs> Guys Finish Last. Oh, my God.
1: Did you
3: see what they called Mick Schumacher's one? What? Like father, like son. And then there was like a screen. like I saw a clip of someone saying that um, Mick is a dead man walking or something like that.
0: Oh. <laughs> and there's, people
3: have been losing it. There is no way. No, I swear. And people have been losing no it on way. Twitter, which like – I mean, fair enough. Like, come on. Seriously? <laughs> there is They've no actually... way that
0: the, the Drive Squad producers were like, oh, yeah, his dad is dying. Let's name the episode about him after his and dad." And then someone's
3: dying. gone, yeah, he's a dead man walking because he crashed his car. Sick.
0: <laughs> yeah. I i don't know why they would have called it that. I'm trying to think right now why, given a reason, but I can't think of one.
1: <laughs> I so, a clip of um, Benotto and... Um, why can't I think of his name? Gunter. Gunter. Yeah, in they the were on a together? honeymoon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that that they went on awesome. a trip together. I, I'd be keen to see that and maybe a full series on them doing some sort of road trip. Bro, man. Yes.
0: Cool. Yeah. And that's the thing we, we saw. Well, I haven't seen it yet, but there's that. And there's also the one that everyone's sharing, which is the, um, Toto Wolf and Christian Horner going at each other when they're talking about pulpoising at the start of the season, mm. which is great. That is really high quality behind the scenes action. Mm. That's what we want to see more of because we don't get to see that. At all, yeah. Um, the to
3: be fair, Toto kind of went for literally everyone in that meeting. Like yeah. everyone was just kind of like, "What? He's wh- why are you? Why are you coming for us like that?" For but I think in from what I've seen so far, every single clip of Christian Horner, he just looks like an asshole. Like everything he says, you're just you suck.
0: Yeah, see, I like him. Uh, but I I don't mind him. I respect <laughs> I respect everyone. Actually, I respect Toto. I respect Christian. I think Toto's a great businessman. I think Christian deals with Toto very well and has handled the rebel team. Very
3: I just well. think like Christian's all good and well when he's winning, but when he's not, it's a completely different story. You can say the same yeah. as Toto. He broke oh, a, a pair of both yeah. headphones <laughs> at the final yeah, race. he broke a head of pair of headphones. Yeah, great. Fair enough. Car wasn't working. They completely just destroyed last season. Yeah, which okay, fair enough. Not used to it, but I think there's also a bit of a difference because Christian Horner. When Red Bull's losing, he's just an animal.
1: Yeah, I think that sometimes though can make the difference between your top principles and your bottom ones—the yeah. ones that have a bit of that cutthroat mentality. And I feel like it's a requirement yeah, so. almost yeah, to be a I ten don't principle think you can really be a successful one. If you don't have a bit of it, maybe sometimes he shows more than he should. But mm. yeah, like I think he's proven he can like really. Get the team there. But, yeah, sometimes between him and Toto, it doesn't look that healthy. Yeah. Right. But I think
3: he's I not think really it's... got a very healthy relationship with some of his drivers either. But yeah. he called Sergio a servant in one of the apps. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah but you yeah, also don't know major.
1: what they're like. The way they cut it sometimes is it's a very bit wild. Yeah, It's a bit <laughs> yeah. wild. And I think, yeah, that's,
0: that's yeah. the most interesting debate about Drive Survive is there was, I think, the last season everyone was talking about there was a couple of scenes where like they cut uh Norris's audio with footage from very different times and that for me was like, you know, I, I'm not surprised by that because they're dr- dr- dramatising F1 uh, but at the same time I think if I'm watching a documentary that's going to be true, I want it to be realistic and I don't want them to be taking audio from one race and putting it in with footage from another race. I mm. think that's just not what a documentary should be. Yeah.
3: Oh,
1: yeah, um, and, and I think one of the biggest issues with the, especially the Norris episode last year was like everyone knew like Norris and Science had a big bromance. That was like I think yeah. people loved. But yeah. then they had an episode of them like hating each other. Well, they pose it as them hating each other and everyone was like, whoa. Yeah. Like everyone before it felt like the show was pretty truthful. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I think that was nearly a specific part where everyone was like, oh, like the show, I don't yeah. know, they're making actually more up than than what we first see. So Yeah.
0: And look, I haven't seen it yet, but I would like to think that they took on that advice from last year or that um, response and made this season a bit more truthful. I haven't really seen anything yet about them mixing audio and footage and all that. So mm. I think – Look, I my opinion is they give the producers of Drive Survive so a really hard time. Like they came out with a groundbreaking show that changed the sport, changed it for all sports. Like you can see mm. now there's every sport is trying to copy it. You've got a golf drive to survive. You've got a tennis drive to survive. You've got there's – I'm pretty sure there's one for every sport. Um, so it's changed the game for TV and sport and – it's pretty hard to back up, you know. It's like coming out with a hit single and trying to come out with a whole new album after yeah. It's a pretty tough gig um, and I think they're doing doing all right. But yeah, than... I
1: think in general it's a pretty incredible show and like I'm very grateful for yeah. it. Otherwise I wouldn't be into the sport and yeah. I'm sure a lot of people, you know, same boat and um, yeah. yeah, I think it does need more credit and I think people should be a bit more, you know, re- even respectful to the fans that came into the sport from that because, you know, before it not many people – knew even really knew about it or like obviously people know about it but like they're not into it and you need something like that to build the fan base so it yeah. we really owe a lot to the show i think yeah hundred yeah,
3: i think it's just more so the progression of the show i think personally mm. it's just gets a lot more dramatic every year yeah and i think from what i've seen so far it is very dramatic and yeah all right last season was quite dramatic but again it was also like pretty dry so they've kind of like picked out the most dramatic parts of the season and it's just like it's not even about when they first started. I think it was about the drivers and about the racing, but I think now it's literally just about like everyone beefing each other.
2: Mm.
3: Like there was one point where Mattia was blaming Charles for having no talent or like not having enough talent to be dealing with the Ferrari car, but it's like your your car's shit. <laughs> it's, a, it's actually a shit box. How the
0: Ferrari? You, the Ferrari. See, I would... Argue against that. I would say last year was more about the strategy and the decisions made.
3: Either way, I think blaming your drivers for something that's not in their control.
0: Oh, blaming the drivers. Blaming, yeah, no, oh, blaming, ble-
3: right. like blaming Charles for okay. not having, not being the right kind of person to be taking control of that kind of that car. Oh, right, right, right. When it's like th- that's th- the whole issue of the whole season with Ferrari was the fact that your drivers, it wasn't in under their control as to what was going on. So I think it's very clear kind of why he's obviously not in the position he was anymore, Mm. Mm. things like that. But it's still, it's like at the same time, it's hilarious. Like there was one point where all the drivers were going up to, um, Lewis and being like, this car looks like shit. And he was like, Oh yeah, yeah, it does. And it turned out to be a piece of shit.
0: So yeah, it did. Look, yeah, I think, it's the some storylines fall in their lap. I think out of any season last year they had to come up with some storylines because towards the end of it got kind of boring. But yeah. one storyline that fell into their lap was Piastri. And they, I read an article where they interviewed Paul Martin who's um, the producer of Dry to Survive. And they asked him what is the internal reaction when something like Piastri ostensibly falls into your lap? Um, and, you know... They, this is interesting. They were, He said, I think we're incredibly lucky and we'd filmed a bit with Piastri just because everyone was talking about this kid that was coming through and had won every formula that he'd been in. Um, that's pretty unique. So pre this whole Piastri come In F1 talk, they'd actually done a bit with him mm. and set the pretense for that episode where they talk about Piastri um, and that sort of set up that whole episode um, for him, which was pretty lucky on their part that they'd done that. Um, And he said, one of the criticisms, this is a producer talking, um, one of the criticisms I see sometimes online is about the things that we miss. We don't have an infinite amount of cameras and resources to be with every team, every single race. Everything we do is a decision. 75% of the time you happen to be on the right place at the right time but inevitably there's those things outside that you just miss, Um, which I think is fair enough. They Mm. don't have all the resources to capture everything and... Yeah, people give them a pretty hard time. I think they do a pretty
1: good job of catching most pretty things much everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I
3: think people have just got real unrealistic expectation of yeah. the yeah. fact that they think that they're going to be there twenty four seven and forget that yeah. it's like it's a whole production thing. Yeah, like yeah. there's l- a limit to the resources that they've got. Of mm. course, and so like like they do pretty all well. the
1: more to them for being able to put the stories together if they're saying they can't be everywhere at once to put the stories they're putting together with that limited you know, limited shots. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. If there was one thing you guys could change about Driver Five, what would it be?
3: I would honestly just maybe have it in like chronological order as to how the season was rather than like, I I do, I do like the way that they do it with like driver slash team episodes, but I think I personally would probably prefer it to be kind of in a chronological order as to how the season went. So like maybe an episode per race or something like that. Because it kind of sometimes they mm. jump back and forth and it's like, wait, didn't we talk about that like two episodes ago? So yeah. they kind of jump back and forth. But I again. think
0: that does a reason of that is because of the resource problem. Yeah. I can't predict what's going to yeah. happen in a race. So, unless they see something happens and they run to that garage, but they've got to pre plan mm. people to interview, people to be with, and people to follow. Yeah, so, I think for sure. in terms of the way they produce it, it has to sort of follow that non chronological way. But mm. yeah, I think in a Even ideal in an world, episode, I think nice it would kind
3: see. of make more sense to be a little bit more chronological. But again, it is what it is.
1: Yeah. I think um, maybe not putting the drivers against each other's enemies as much as they do. I think that could be brought back a bit like i think sometimes it's a bit disappointing when you see two drivers sort of put at each other like they they maybe don't like each other as much but maybe it's just the angle they're taking because like I, i think you could get just as much entertainment value out of um seeing the good things the drivers have with each other and like maybe you know a bit of um camaraderie as opposed to like everyone's enemies yeah um they're not always doing that but like a bit more positivity in that sense would be cool to see because like a lot of people i like all the drivers in their own way so it's cool to see maybe how they interact in a positive way with each other
0: yeah Mm. yeah not everything has to be negative and angry and yeah exactly well it can be drama filled but without being negative Mm. yeah and uh look i know you're a guest but um i've been told by my pit crew that we need another pit stop and unfortunately you're um you're up for new tires Oh, beautiful. Sounds
1: good. Should I do the sound? <laughs> yeah, go on. No, nah, I can't do it. You know <laughs> Stitcher.
0: Box, box, box.
1: Hello.
4: Thanks for having me back.
0: You're welcome, mate. How was it sitting through all of that? You're not being on the couch must feel weird. Usually here no, every it's,
4: week. It's always nice to hear what everybody's got to say about, about such a great sport and... um yeah, like the testing hype is real. Obviously, I was glued to the TV as well until I realised that Red Bull were going to be on top again. And yeah, well, yeah it looks man. that way,
0: that's the one big one that you really hope every year is going to change. But yeah, like the
4: the times I don't get it. The times often lie, but what doesn't lie is confidence of different teams and different drivers, and just everyone coming out of Red Bull looks so happy and mm. so so on top of everything. Not stressed, not worried. Car just came out of the box and was reliable and fast. And yeah just had that air of a confident team that knew that they were going to start on top. So
0: I didn't watch a whole lot of testing, but it's interesting that like in F1, it's all about the times and very slight time differences that give you wins and poles and all that. But at the same time, I think in testing, the body language and the way the car, like for example, the Alpine car, you can see the twitchiness of it, Mm. you know, the way it responds in the corners and you can see that in testing. And that I think almost speaks louder than the actual... Numbers do in terms of the times. Yeah, the visual. Like you can definitely. actually just mm-hmm. visually see where the teams are at, and you could just see that Red Bull were um, were dominant.
4: As the visual tells the story, absolutely, and just what what the the look of the drivers' face is when they take the helmet off and they get out of the garage the moment before the you doors kind of close. That yeah. they
3: know that it feels good.
4: Yeah, like but for example, someone like Lando hopped yeah. out of his car instantly. You could tell, she okay, everything's just not going to plan. Miserable. Play and, yeah, yeah.
3: But yeah, Red Bull. I think, are just going to pull another one this season. Hopefully they actually get challenged, but Mm. they look a little bit scary. Do you
0: think Ferrari challenges to Red Bull this year?
4: I think the only – I mean – I've got to find a way to be optimistic because <laughs> the hype train was real after that launch. Because they won launch season. Let's be fair, they did. 100 Valentine's Day the, launch. That was the best launch Chef's out of everybody. Well, we
0: were hyping it up when we were talking about yeah. all the, the launch dates, and we we're like, yeah. "You got Valentine's Day. It has to
4: be one of the best." They, they delivered. lived up to the expectation. And they they lived up to the hype. They delivered. That, that was, was the was ultimate first date. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. To to remain a bit optimistic, they they went extreme on what setups they were testing the whole way through. Through testing, and um, they were pretty public and open about that. They never ran low fuel. They were always going extreme high downforce, extreme low downforce. They weren't mucking around with the Bahrain setup at all. Um, and it is possible that their car won't actually even suit that track um, in what they've tried to do this season with it. Um, so, I guess we'll see. Like that, that could leave the door open to them springing a surprise in Bahrain. But having said that, my pick is still Red Bull. I still expect them to to be on pole and to win the first race.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah. I think that's a good take. Mm. Um, Yeah, I think Ferrari hopefully seemed a little bit closer than last year. Uh, with everything changing, but we shall see. Exactly. Uh, this weekend. This weekend. Yep. 2 a.m. Yeah. for us Aussies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah. Are we staying up for it. That's the real oh, question. Geez.
3: 2 a.m. It's like it ends up being 2 a.m. Monday morning as well. I'll it? pretty much go straight to work. Yeah, it's like there's ridiculous. no point in going to yeah. sleep. Mm. I've
0: forgotten what it's like to watch F1 at the early hours of Monday morning. It mm. ju- does not help with your week and like the feng shui of your week.
3: Yeah. It just sets you up for like disaster.
0: Yeah. If you've got anything important on Monday, you're screwed. <laughs> Yeah, mm. ruined. Ruins it's like your week. sports jet lag. Yeah, yeah. literally. I
3: was just excited to be watching it in my bed though. hundred oh, percent. Testing G'd me up so much.
0: Before we talk about Bahrain, though, I do want to talk about a storyline that is almost getting really old and smelly. Uh, <laughs> but it is Andretti and the Concord Agreement. Oh, the yeah. latest is that obviously we talked about last in uh, the special app, uh, I think last month, mm. that Andretti jumped that hurdle of signing up with a major. Um, brand partner like GM, yeah, they did that. That was meant to be the final key what to get them into now? F1. Well, this is the thing, this ongoing thing where the, all the teams aren't happy of having another team, eleventh team. Uh, so now they're wanting to increase the anti-dilution fee from two hundred million US dollars to six hundred million US dollars. So they're raising it by two hundred percent. What? Uh, that's like you know close to that's like eight hundred ninety-one million rough Australian dollars, I think. From the exchange rate. So it's not cheap.
4: A lot of cash. It's not, not like cash. 200 million was cheap in the first place. Yeah, but 200
3: yeah. million versus 600 million is like yeah. two completely different things. Yeah. So yes. They may as
4: well just say, you're not allowed to, no one's allowed to join F1 yeah. anymore. Like that is ridiculous. They're doing that thing that, like, you know, when you get a contractor out to your place and you know that they don't want the job, so they just throw you a quote that's like way, way too high. Yeah. <laughs> so that, like, if by some chance you say yes, like they'll do it and they'll make a fortune on it. That's what F1 what? is doing to Andrea.
0: Sometimes 1. it works. Sometimes it works. As a freelancer, I know. Sometimes you throw the yeah. ridiculous I'm figure I'm sure and you've like, done it then. And you're like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Oh my God, it actually worked. Wow. Yeah. And, and you're, you're like, no, like
0: shit, now I have to
4: do this. Yeah. And and like, actually I actually have
3: to do a good job of it because I've. Ask for this much money. Yeah.
4: Well, that's the thing, is Andretti gonna rock up now, pay the price, well, what's he do? get on the grid and be like five seconds a lap slower than everybody else and be like, Oh crap, I wish I hadn't done that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, definitely makes his return on investment a bit harder. Yeah. If he does want to do it. I mean, you guys just touched on it then, like the whole the drive to survive thing, the opening up of F1 to social media, it's just blown the sport up mm. to new heights. And it means that while $200 million, when they've signed the previous Concord Agreement seemed like a really big figure to enter the sport, all of a sudden that's seen as like a very, very low barrier. It's very mm-hmm. average. Yeah, that like your average billionaire can yeah. afford to buy a team yeah. or enter the sport yeah, if they and have you, the value.
0: that's the thing. You do consider the value that Drive Survivors added and you're like, well, it definitely maybe that, you know, the dilution fee does have to be brought up but mm. maybe – not by that much, but...
4: Yeah. Well, I mean, Liberty Media is a, is a publicly trading company, so you can see how much growth they've had in the last, I don't know, five, six years, however long they've owned a I was actually...
0: I was, I was reading that today I was like, damn, I should have invested. I know, I know. We didn't think about it at the time. Because <laughs> I actually like,
4: haven't... I haven't looked at the, the trading chart, but I can imagine it'd look pretty good. It's impossible to find which one of their stocks they have because they've got like nine different tickers. But uh, okay. It's... The, the bottom line of it is that... They've they've grown the sport, they themselves have grown off the back of the sport, and now two hundred million is like jump change. Yeah. yeah. So I guess the teams are gonna want to push that barrier as high as they possibly can because they are now, you know, extremely wealthy franchises, essentially. Mm. Um, and Andretti's just gonna have to pay the price. Pardon well, yeah. the pun. <laughs> yeah.
0: And uh, they've got gotten rid of Ben Salam as well. Yeah, I don't know if they've replaced him yet. But no, um, he's
4: taking a backwards sort of role, so he's not going to be the face of the FIA in Formula One anymore. That's going to go to Nicholas Tombasis, I believe. Yeah, um, who used to work with the teams. He's is very well respected in the paddock, um, and I think it's just purely and simply to take the heat off him after the whole <laughs> freedom of speech debacle when he young. was
0: like um what was it that someone tried was interested in buying f1 and he was like oh you're gonna have to pay 20 billion dollars for it or something yeah he's just he's he just came out absolute, with like a figure month yeah, yeah. just the last
4: dangerous. the last every soundbite he was involved in for the last month and a half was just basically negative yeah. so something had to give
0: yeah well i'm sure again and that's not the last time we're going to talk about that um <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but yeah bahrain um do you guys have a prediction for this race that is going to interest me?
3: I mean, I'm pretty, like, as much as I hate to say it, I'm pretty confident that Red Bull is going to come out of this one on top. Yeah. Um,
0: no long no long shots for you?
3: Look, I honestly, kidding. I'm pretty co- – <laughs> it's like if hard. There's, if there's I'm one dressed race, going to give me a long shot. There's no visual one. for this, but I am dressed in all black because it's like I'm either preparing to be mourning all season – or i'm just ging it up and black is just blacks a happy colour well, black is pretty much a colours
0: this mm. year well so.
3: i'm matching the car right so yeah. we'll see how we go i'm i'm optimistic i'm hopeful that Merck may come back and do something like the back end of last season they did sort of come back and they did kind of manage to work with what they had with the car mm. and like ale kind of touched on earlier that they've probably just kind of had to zhuzh up that car a little bit. They haven't really been able to fully change the car to what they want. Yeah. So hopefully they can actually work with it again and do something with it this season. I think, I don't think they're going to come out on top any in sort of, you know, the constructors or the drivers, but I think they've got a good chance of being up there and yeah. actually putting some heat on some of the top teams. Making a fight yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah. So if uh, you had yeah. to pick
4: a top three? Yeah, top three. For I, I
3: think, <laughs> I think it's going to be Red Bull. mm but then I think it's either going to be Ferrari, Mercedes, or Mercedes Ferrari. I'm not sure what the go is going to be there. And anyone, but number drivers. four, <laughs> I am actually very yeah, confident. Can we,
0: can we just narrow it down a bit, please? Can we? Can you give us like a driver?
3: A driver. Yeah. Who's your podium?
0: Yeah, who's your podium?
3: What do you mean? What, my podium for this week? Yeah. Mm. Oh. Byron. Well, I think it's going to be Max, Checo, and Charles.
0: Okay. Mm. Yep. That one was used quite a lot last year. Yeah.
3: It was
4: and proven wrong.
3: Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how we go, but
4: That's I'm fine if it is. Like that that's works yeah. for me. Yeah.
0: I'm going to go um I'm going to go Max, then I'm going to go uh, Charles and then I'm going to go third Alonso. Ooh. Ooh. The AMR lives up to the hype and it is a good car and he gets his first podium. Mm. In Aston Martin.
4: It's like you read my mind. But um, I actually I'm gonna pick that too. No, I was gonna put signs in second. I don't know. I just to change it up a little bit. But yeah, Max. That's kind of of like my
3: other like alternative.
4: Yeah, he just seemed to gel a little bit nicer in testing than Charles, and he's due for a good result and for a strong start to the season. Like that was what really let him down last year. Yeah. So I'm hoping that he can start on the front foot this season. But um, but yeah, similar to you, Dan, like I'm so on board for the Aston Martin. Knife. Yeah,
0: I'd love to see him. It, it would
4: be the biggest shock to see Alonso come through in third and yeah. like he would let everybody know about it. it would he be, would. It would be incredible to see. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think everyone wants to see him fighting at the top again. Oh, yeah. yeah.
4: yeah it's, probably
3: it's, not everyone. Not oh, everyone, but probably not a team, lot of people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 All right, so now I'm going to hit you with a few other predictions for this season. Right. Let's Who's going to be the rookie of the year because we've got quite a few this year? Piastri. De Vries. <laughs> De Vries? Yeah. I hope it would be a Piastri, but that really depends on the car.
4: Uh, Depo- um, yeah, la, la. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Come on, mate. Save it.
4: Um, it depends, I suppose, on how you're going to categorise his performance. Like if he's anywhere mm. near Lando, even if at the back of the grid, that's, that's good. Um, but, you know, if he's crashing or, you know, he's half a second off, then that's pretty bad. So, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Way to state the obvious there.
3: Yeah. I
0: don't think the Alpha Terra is looking that good either. Debatably worse than McLaren. So they
4: could be fighting each other. So they'll sort it out yeah. on track.
3: I don't know if that car is going to be a great car mm. to come into for your first proper season of like for your first season of Formula One.
0: The Alfa or the McLaren? The McLaren. Yeah. But I think out of anyone, Piastro does have the best like pedigree mm. and –
3: I race think that's craft why out that of that also either be like it'll either be he'll do really well or it'll just he'll just combust. He'll have the most eyes on him for sure, hundred yeah. percent. So he'll mm. either thrive under that pressure or he will just completely, yeah, crumble. Yeah.
0: So Piastri, rookie of the year for everyone.
3: Not for me. I said for me. Yeah. Oh, you what said
0: DeVries. Oh, I'm going Piastri. Okay. All right. That's two out of three. That's good. <laughs> Biggest surprise of the year.
3: Hmm. I'm gonna say Williams. In general.
0: Yeah? yeah. That's yeah. not a bad shout. Not at the back of the grid every week?
3: I don't think so. Like, I think they've got a really good chance of being one of the better mid. Really? I really do. Like, I'm actually looking at them. I really do think that they've got a chance.
0: Do you reckon they're going to be one of the better midfield teams? Potentially. Or one of the better back-end teams?
3: No, I reckon, honestly, they're going to get to the midfield this season.
0: Wow, that's a huge call. It
3: is a very big call. And that it's is a definitely call, a su- that would I'm be definitely be a nice
0: it. surprise. Mm. I would love to see um, – I didn't even think of Logan Sargent. Mm. I should be backing him. I've got the signed shirt by him. He should be <laughs> my rookie of the year because that is an actual investment for me mm. if that signed shirt ever becomes something <laughs> worthwhile selling.
4: No ulterior motive there at all. No. No, no, no.
0: Just like F1, I'm just interested in the money. Oh, 100%. So, yeah. Yeah. I'd,
4: I'd say, yeah, Aston would be my biggest surprise. I'm going to stick with that that hype train. Be yeah. good to see them sort of nipping around the top three teams. I think that'd be really interesting. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah, just the villain Alonso just popping up, and you know, if him and Hamilton started battling again on track, I'm sure there'd be fireworks. So mm,
0: for sure, biggest letdown.
3: Oh, that's a that's a big one. Mm, I, I think, think McLaren is going to be a very big letdown this season. Yeah. Yep.
4: I'd, I'd agree. It's going to be either between McLaren or Ferrari. I'm going to As say... Ferrari expectation will be sky high. I don't think it'll be like that.
3: the drivers that are going to be the letdown. I think it'll be the car.
0: I'm going to say Alpine. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just not confident. Like, they're pairing. They don't like each other. Their car looks like um, Baskin you know, <laughs> you know Robbins. You Robbins. Oh, the Robbins, The ice cream place. Yeah. Their mask- yeah. yeah. the liver um, is terrible, which obviously has nothing to do with their performance, but... <laughs> Yeah, their car looked twitchy. I just uh, Them as a team, I'm not too keen on. Mm. I think they'll be...
3: Fair enough. Fair cool. They'll be
0: a bit of a failure. Mm-hmm. I, I could even say it could be the end of Ocon's career,
3: Ooh. even
0: though I like him.
4: Interesting. Alec's
3: yeah. sitting over there and he's actually crossing his fingers, so he's wanting that <laughs> I, to happen. I really
0: like Ocon, but...
3: I, I like Ocon as well. If he's got
0: a bad car this year and he I, doesn't... I do don't well. like Ocon, so
4: I'm not going to be upset if he goes. <laughs>
0: All right. But, yeah, we'll see. I... Keen to see if that whole pairing between him and Gasly is, oh, I'm, is I'm here hated. for drama
4: between them, like that would be great. But yeah. yeah, if he, if either of them went, I wouldn't shed a tear.
0: Yeah, cool. Um, any other predictions before we wrap it up? Oh, driver's champion. Who How many times do we think the Ferrari oh, yeah, is going to combust this season? The Ferrari is going to combust, like the back end of it goes, mm. it goes on fire, like last year. Yeah. How long's a piece of string? <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: none. Um, I'm Woo! optimistic
0: for Ferrari this year, I think they'll um. I'm even going to say my crazy prediction is that Fro will be as fast, be fast enough to fight for the championship at some point this year. Yeah, yeah all right.
4: that feeds into the biggest disappointment thing, so that works.
0: Yeah, so <laughs> I'm going to go for a long shot and say that Leclerc's um, drivers champion.
3: Honestly, I wouldn't it. be <laughs> so. Agi- I would not be against that at yeah. all. Yeah, I would. I would really appreciate that. I
0: think everyone wants to see that as much as they wanted to see Max win. Um, against Lewis a couple yeah. of years ago. Kat's yeah, looking at me like no one wanted to see that, but, <laughs> no, but a no. lot of people did. I
3: didn't. <laughs> I would <laughs> love to see Lewis come back, but I don't know. We'll see how we go there. Yeah.
0: Anyway, uh, let us know what your predictions are. Um, not on the podcast comments because there are none, but uh, <laughs> on our socials. And uh, we'll see you soon.